Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. Happy freaking holidays to all of you. Hopefully you had a very Merry Christmas. Hopefully your Christmas was full of sports cards, whether it was giving sports cards to your children or friends, or maybe even your spouse, or maybe it was getting sports cards. If you landed something nice because of the gift giving season, please post that. And if you're listening to this episode, tag Stacking Slabs. I want to help spread the holiday cheer. And the best way I know how to spread the holiday cheer in the damn hobby is to share other people's cards and get that excitement going. I am fired up right now, as I am most of the time. But this, I'm especially fired up as I record this episode. So I'm sitting here. It is Sunday morning. I've got my coffee going. I'm coming off the heels of another Indianapolis Colts victory. Offensive line was disheveled with injuries and COVID. Best defensive player out on the road Christmas night in Arizona against the Cardinals, and they get that dub. Something special is happening in Indianapolis, and as a fan, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the damn ride. I am loving This season, I am loving this team. And shout out to everyone who can think back to different moments, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever you're watching, hockey, and you just have this team that you really love and you it's coming together at the right time. There's tons of momentum. We all have that have had that happen at some point in our life cycle as a fan, and man, it's just fun. And I'm going through one of those phases right now, and I have no idea where it's going to end and where it's going to go. But for now, I got a damn great Christmas present, and that was a Colts win on the road during some adversity. So that was a highlight of my Christmas. Obviously, spending time with the family. Um, I did get a little uh, some cards. I got uh, two. Hobby boxes of WWE Tops Chrome from Santa. And I immediately when I got home, left the parents' house with, with the family, got home, got everything settled. You know, I couldn't wait very long. I, I don't wait when I'm ripping wax. And I ripped down two boxes and a lot of stink. A lot of stink in my rip. Nothing too significant. Nothing that got me excited. It was fun. It's about the season. I usually like to rip wax during this time. And yeah, I got nothing. Nothing that I can write home about or report on the podcast. Um, And it was a reminder, like limiting that, not doing that year round. And I I guess I can't complain because when I did this last year, um, I ended up pulling a gold Shawn Michaels autograph from Chrome that I ended up getting a PSA 10 on. And so this year, of course, I'm going to get nothing. So that's okay. But it was fun ripping some wax down. And I just think for me, it was a reminder to think about just the cost of those two boxes and just thinking about, man, what could I have 
bought, although it was a gift, so it doesn't really matter. But if I were to purchase them, what could I have bought with the cost of those two boxes? And that really gets things into perspective. Um, I also want to shout out, um, I had a friend come in town from Chicago who gave me some a pretty cool uh, ice cream CM Punk bar. Spreading that holiday cheer from Chicago. Gotten to enjoy some uh, pretty cool ice cream. Shout out, pretty cool. That brand's taken off because of the best in the world. So it's exciting to see that. I'm going to sit here in this week off. I've got a week buffer. I hope many of you have some time off in between the holidays. And I am going to do my best to enjoy the hobby, to think about what's ahead, to talk about what's to come. And I'm going to do a little bit about the little bit about that. Uh, talk about that today on the podcast. So if you're out there and you're listening to this episode on Wednesday, you are off of work for a little bit. Enjoy it. Relax. Do whatever you can to enjoy the escape of the hobby, whether it's eBay, whether that's searching searching auction listings, whether it's saving up, planning. I just think this is an important time, and we should enjoy it. I always treat the hobby as my escape. And what a better time to enjoy the scape when you don't have the responsibility of work staring at you right in the face. I guess it's all work all the time when you have children. It's all relative. But man, you know what I'm saying. One of the big things that I noticed that was coming out, uh, you know, between episodes dropping was um, I noticed that PWCC was changing their Um, monthly auctions to weekly auctions, and they'll start on Thursdays, close out on Sundays, be a 10-day deal. And so this really got me uh, thinking about it. And when that hit me, I was like, you know what? That's cool. I think I like that a little better Um, because I want more options and more variety. I want my, my perspective on the inventory in the market and marketplaces is give me as many platforms and products as possible to get my interest and to get me into your thing to look for cards. Because based on my collecting, it's very narrow and I only collect certain things. So when I, one of these golden PWCC, any of these these auction houses or consigners, whatever it is, whenever they open up something, I'm always going to the search bar first. Like here are our big cards on the homepage, front page that we're going to make a lot of money off of. It's cool, but those are the cards that I see all the time mostly. It's like, okay, like here you got a PSA 10 Jordan. Okay, cool. Um, You know, you got your LeBron exquisite RPA. Cool. It's just the same stuff. So I know that stuff is great and significant to our hobby, but it's certainly outside the range of what I'm spending. And um, I know it's it's the people who are playing in that. It's a very small category. So to me, I'm always hitting that search bar, right? I'm searching Peyton Manning. Searching Peyton Manning, is there anything available that would interest me that I need a plan for? So that's always my first move. So I, and I know when these new auctions pop up, a lot of the times it's a lot of the same Peyton Manning cards, okay? It's like the same stuff over and over. So uh, it's it's rare for me to see something that I need and want. But when that does happen, that gets me excited. So I would rather have as many chances of me hitting that search bar and trying to find a card that I'm after because one of these third-party platforms are putting it up than I wouldn't. So with that being said, I like the structure around the weekly auctions. I think I'm spending, like you are all spending, a lot of time on eBay. 
maybe you're checking once a month on PWCC. Well, now we have a reason. And I think from a, a, a go-to-market perspective on PWCC, it's a good thing, right? You're getting maybe casual collectors who aren't loyal to the PWCC platform into your hemisphere uh, more often. That makes sense to me. Um, I think what I would like to see happen is somebody, anybody out there, shrink the sea of cards for me. And when you're doing something or promoting something, and this is where I put on my technology hat, where I just gave you the example of like most of the stuff, 95, 98% of the stuff that's in these auctions doesn't apply to me. And we're moving as a um, as as a consumer base. We're certainly moving to have recommendations, personalization, things that are more in line with knowing what we like and knowing what we do. So if you're a platform, you're going to serve those things up to you. I'm doing this on the content side in the B2B software as a service space. That is the that is the core of the product that. I'm marketing and we're building is we're, we're taking the massive sea of B2B content and we're shrinking it down for people who are consumers so that it's not overwhelming, but it's more personalized. And I think this idea and approach around personalization is something that I would love to see hobby leaders focus in on, not presenting me as the collector with everything, but presenting me as the collector with things cards that are significant to me based on what I'm posting on Instagram, what I've bought from your platform last time, any of these triggers, right? So I'm all about using data to better create experiences for consumers. And I would love to see someplace, maybe it's a PWCC, take that into account and consideration as I am entering your weekly auction for the first time. Don't just give me the same listings in as everyone else, but how can you innovate and give me listings and emails and triggers and things like that based on stuff popping up that you know that I like? I love to see that. And that's me as a just the collector wanting to see um, companies start to push the hobby forward in a way that's more personalized. There's so many slices of this pie. There's so many different ways to hobby. There's so many different styles to collect. And I'm on this path this year to push us all to segment, better segment and better facilitate content, product, um, new ideas through these segments. And there'll be some crossover from segment to segment. But I think the more personalized we can get as a hobby, the chances of us staying and spending money go up. And so I'm excited to see how these auctions turn out from a weekly perspective. And hopefully it gives me a chance to grab something we need. I think if we can all, as a hobby, demand some innovation and demand some personalization. And again, we talk about brutal hobby experiences all the time. And maybe you like that brutal hobby experiences of going through all of the auction listings and looking at the cards and you know, then maybe stumbling across something. That's cool. I know a lot of people probably like that. But for me, I'm a proactive buyer. I'm not a reactive. I don't need to see car. I will never make a decision 
on a ga- a card of a player that I don't collect just because I see it and say, you know what? I see it, so I'm going to spend it, spend money on it. I'm I'm would be I'm much more of a proactive uh, buyer where I'm searching, I'm navigating, I'm finding uh, myself, and so just like a Spotify or just like an Apple Music does where it knows what you like and listens to and curates music and introduces you to new things and artists um, that you might know, not know about because it is adjacent to a band or an artist that you listen to. That's where I'd love to see the hobby move because the more we all can move in that direction, I think the better experience and the more fun money um, and cards that we'll have in our, we'll spend in cards we'll have in our collection. I posted, there's a reason that you woke up thinking about that card. It might have been a piece you saw this month, week, or even last night. Still available. The signals that we get as collectors are strong. Don't stay static. Find fit. Then make your move. I put this out there because I've been going through some uh, collecting evolutions, finding new lanes. And one of the cards that um, really I posted about that's triggered this was my 1999 Finest Gold Edron James Refractor PSA 10 out of 100. And so going down, I mentioned this on last week, going down the Edron James collecting rabbit hole definitely has been a fun experience. And definitely I've woken up and I've said, man, I saw this card last night. I should buy it because I can't stop thinking about it. And I think laying as a as a new uh obviously the 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 backdrop there for edge for me makes sense right i'm a colts fan edge is a hall of famer let me just go buy his cards like that all makes sense but for me to like have the fast pass to just start making spending money on edge i was able to do that because i i've laid the foundation for how i want to collect and i think laying the foundation for how you want to collect is such an underrated topic because most of the content that we are listening to and here comes from the money angle like hey go make this play hey go buy this hey go do that and it's all because someone's speculating that if you were to do x and you would were to sell y you'll maybe make 50 100 thousand you know two thousand more dollars that i think is a non-sustainable way to approach the hobby where you might have a um winner or two, but are you going to be, is that something you're going to keep up with um, and you're going to win all the time with the way the market fluctuates? And again, some people like to hobby that way. Some people like to gamble. Some people like to buy cards that mean absolutely nothing to them, but they think the market is going to do something. So then they'll sell them. And what, what does mean something to them is the money. And that's, that's all well and good. Um, but I think there is a, thinly veiled approach to the hobby that is it's expiring and i think it's this i collect cards when it's really you're just buying cards to try to flip and these uh things that happen where someone buys a card then the market goes down and then they still try to sell at a the price that they bought it so they're not losing it's just this it, it, this this type of approach just pushes not only the person who is doing it away from the hobby, but it pushes anyone trying to interact with that person out of the hobby because all they're trying to do is push their shitty cards that no one wants. And so I think based on that example, 
to me, if you're looking for sustainability and you're looking for fun, maximum enjoyment and escape in the hobby, then you got to lay the goddamn foundation for how you're going to collect. Why aren't more people talking about laying the foundation for how you collect? The money matters. I get it. And I think everybody on this listening to this podcast wants their cards to go up in value. But there's passion that is driving that activity over profit. The more you lean into the passion, the more the profit is going to happen on the backside. And this, from a, a consumer habits perspective, we are so knee-jerk and we are so stuck in this mode of needing it now immediate because we go and set lineups on FanDuel. We go and place a bet on our online sports book on FanDuel or whatever. And we place that bet and we win and we expect the immediate results. Well, think about how many times you're losing, okay? Think about how many times you're losing when you're placing the bet. I would bet most of the time. But based on that feeling that you get from that win and that instant payout, you think that should be replicated with sports cards, and that's just not how it works. Whenever you see something go up quick, it's always funny and fishy to me because you always see it go you go down faster on the other side. So I think there are many different ways to collect. People collect players, people collect teams, people collect sets, parallels, themes. I'm a Peyton guy. I collect wrestling stuff. But I think at the end of the day, if you lay down the foundation, you are dedicated to curating your collection that is significant to you. So I'm curating a Peyton Manning collection based on his years of playing football and based on his significant moments. So that when I can turn and I'm done with a Zoom call and I'm tired at work, I can go look into my case and I can pull out a 2011 Topps Chrome Crystal Atomic Refractor and I can see the image on the card. And then just immediately remember, man, 2011, not a great year, Peyton's neck year. But man, looking at that card and seeing that he's playing the Patriots triggers back a lot of memories. So when you start to operate based on nostalgia, memories, the coming from a place of abundance, I feel like you're beginning to set the foundation. I think establishing your connection is, it's the perfect marriage of a player and the actual product you're buying cards in. Buying the Identifying products you like is an underrated topic. I like shiny cards. I like Topps Chrome refractors. I like Prism parallels. They're shiny. Those are the cards I want when I'm searching for players, uh, cards of players that I collect. You got to narrow the sea and identify products. Identify the products that are not significant to you and that you like. You might like a product that the, the market doesn't talk about. That's cool. That's laying, paving your own tracks. That is having a conviction around something that you love. And I think when you find these things, the player, the type of product, the parallel, when all these things line up, it becomes intoxicating. And when it becomes intoxicating, you start to make some illogical decisions based on what hasn't happened in the market yet, but what you as a collector are going to pave the trail on. So instead of listening to anyone give you advice on who you should buy because it's just what someone else is doing, spend more time laying the foundation on understanding your mindset, what's in your heart and mind, and collect. Lay the damn foundation. The more you do that, the more you will enjoy. 
One of the things I've been looking at a lot is the BGS versus PSA comparison, getting in conversations. And I think they're, we're not going to spend a bunch of time on this episode dissecting it, but I think a couple of things are important. I think it's important when you're talking about, and, and here's the, the top level message. PSA 10s are a lot more expensive than BGS 9.5. That's the top level message. Underneath that message is questions like, do I go buy BGS 9.5s right now because they're undervalued? Am I paying too much to buy a PSA 10? Is this, in fact, the way it's going to be for the long term? There's more questions and you can continue to go down these circles and I hear them every day. And if you're listening to this podcast, you hear them all every day too. And maybe you make decisions for yourself based on some of these questions. Maybe you just collect PSA and you don't do BGS. Maybe you collect both. I think for me, I have both. I have lots of both. And I think what triggered the latest round of uh, conversations that I've had in my DM is when I noticed the Cooper Cup card on Card Ladder. His Prism rookie, which is also a silver, because all of them, all the rookies were silver that year. And I noticed that the PSA 10 was demanding a 61% premium over the BGS 9.5. So again, I'm going to put a qualifier on this. I think, and I, I should have looked up the pot before that I, I got on here, but I would consider the Cooper Cup card a commodity card. Yeah, it's a card. It's, 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 Probably when you think of Cooper Cup's rookie card, that's the one you think of. But it's more readily available. Like, that's not a scarce and limited card. I think you you got to take the scarce, limited BGS versus PSA conversation and bucket it because it, there, it there's a whole nother level of topics to unveil and to discuss and to debate when you're down in that rabbit hole. I think if you're looking at a commodity card like the Cooper Cup, to me, you start asking questions around, okay, do I just pay 150 bucks less for the BGS 9.5? To me, I probably do, but maybe I don't. It's, it's all de- it all d- depends on, I think, your conviction and what you believe. Many people will say, man, I, that's a deal getting the 9.5. I'm cool with that. Other people will be like, well, you know what? Based on it being a commodity card, I want the highest and most pristine grade possible. And to me, that's a PSA 10. So I think what has happened over this last year is brand has played a significant and instrumental role in some of these price separations on the commodity front. BGS hasn't done a lot to help themselves. They've been pretty distant. They haven't had great communication. They haven't improved any process. It's just been a lot of the same, and the same is pretty lackluster. Where you have PSA, on the other hand, guy coming in like Nat, who people like, who's a collector, making moves. They've got a lot of momentum, okay? But hey, PSA, don't come around my way. I think I like that about PSA. I like the transparency. I like the authenticity. I like buying purchasing card ladder. I like the excitement around the card ladder purchase from the community. I think we are seeing PSA prevail in a big way right now. Will it always be this way? I don't know. That's only time will tell. 
not too long ago when I wasn't in the hobby, it was flipped, right? BGS was the premium and PSA was the second tier. So I think this is just an ongoing debate and people will continue to talk about it. And then you can even layer in the complexity of, you know, should I buy SGC slabs, which I have some cards in SGC slabs. Should I try one of these other startups? I think at the end of the day, you should buy what you believe in and what you have conviction around. And most importantly, the card matters most. And I think when you get into the highly collectible conversation of cards that are have 25 copies or less and stuff like that, the holder that it's in starts to become less significant. But I think this is these are questions as the grading landscape is going to continue to evolve, we're going to need to look at. Now, these are the types of conversations that I love to have on the Stacking Slabs podcast. And if you're not already, hit the damn subscribe button. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Shoot out a tweet, put it on Instagram, any love and support I can appreciate. And when we're speaking of those social channels, you can follow me at Stacking Slabs on Twitter, Instagram. Get at me, slide in my DMs. I want to shout out to my brother, Kyle. Thanks for coming on, celebrating a uh, holiday episode. It was a blast. I got a guy coming on the pod this week that you all know. Got a good brand in the hobby. He's very passionate. Um, his origins uh, are from the land down under. I got my man, a guy I met in Dallas, Charger 21, my man Justin, big Chargers fan, big F1 pioneer. He's been out there singing the F1 praises before it got hot. I'm curious. I'm interested. We're going to talk about F1 cards. What's his take? We're going to talk a little football, that fun stuff. I like the way this guy collects tons of passion. I'm going to close it out here. Not a big resolutions guy, but I think it's time to evaluate what you're doing. Set goals, but don't make them rigid. I think it's a journey, and the most important part about journeys are the openness to explore and also experimentation. The more we experiment and try new things, the more we can focus on or more we realize what we like and we don't like. And I think this is the best part about collecting in this damn hobby. Find new people. Find new things. It's going to make your hobby experience less brutal and more enjoyable. Everybody, enjoy this time. Take care. I'm going to be back on the damn pod. You know I'm going to be back on Friday with Justin, Charger 21. That'll be our last podcast episode of 2021. Take care. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back very, very soon. Peace out, everyone.